0: This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hello! Welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. My name is Stephanie Mahachek. I am a board-certified clinical nutritionist, and I am here today to talk all about dieting. My absolutely most hated word ever. For many of you, you know that I am very much anti-diet. I don't believe in dieting at all. I think restriction leads to nothing but guilt, shame, and disordered eating at best. I mean, it's it's something that's been around forever, but it hasn't gotten us very far. And I'm fired up about this topic because I just got done reading a study that was atrocious, to say the least. It, um, I'll get into it in a, in a second. But it showed some very, very alarming statistics. And I wanted to talk about them because I know so many people resonate with this topic at one point or another, you've probably gone on a diet. And I want you to think back on your history with dieting. How many have you done? Maybe it's five, maybe it's 10, maybe it's 20. Maybe you've been dieting on and off for the last 20 to 30 years. I've definitely had clients who have had a 40 year dieting streak. And what results do they have? None. No results. None of the results that they had initially started the diet for is what they get 40 years later. So a survey in psychology today found that people try on average 162 diets over the course of their lives. 162 diets. Isn't that astounding? This, I mean, on average, that's about two diets per year. So when you kind of phrase it like that, it's like, okay, well, that's not that many. But still, 162 diets or two diets per year. Which, let me ask you, if those diets are working, why would you have to do 162 of them? Also in that survey, half of the participants, which was around 1000 people, there were 2000 people who did the survey, said that they consulted Google for diet information and not a health professional. So I'm going to reflect back on the 162 diets over the course of their lives. That could be where to start is to not consult Google for the diet information. That's just scary. It's scary that obviously it's not working. Obviously, maybe Google isn't the right source for health information, for for that type of health information. Also, a staggering... Nugget of info from that surgery from that survey showed that one in 20 people would actually eat a tapeworm if it meant they lost weight, which reminds me of the episode of The Office with Kelly and trying to lose weight and eating the tapeworm. But I mean, one in 20 people that just shows the level of desperation that people have. And why, if these diets are so great, if these diets are so magical, and if these fad diets that keep popping up about drinking nothing but celery juice and lemon lemon juice and cayenne pepper and all those ridiculous things, if they're so magical, then why do you have to spend decades doing multiple ones? They're not working. So why, my dear friend, Do people keep trying the same things expecting different results? It kind of reminds me of a fly trying to leave a house and it keeps like banging up against the sliding glass door when if it tried something different and moved like an inch to the right, it would fly out the open window. It's very similar with dieting. You think this new shiny diet that fill in the blank celebrity is promoting is the ticket. It's the key. This one will work. Diets don't work. Fighting against your body's natural hunger cues will only lead to guilt, shame, frustration, self-loathing, but never lasting healthy habits. So you might be asking, what does work? What can you focus on? You aren't happy with your health or your body or something in your life, so what needs to be done? What is the thing you do need to focus on? Well, of course, the first thing I'm going to tell you is working on the source of the body image issues. You know, if, if there's something so different or so, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people who are like, I just want to lose 10 pounds. It's like, well, what is that 10 pounds really going to do for you? What are you going to gain out of that? What is going to be so different if you're in a size eight versus a size 10? What, where is that kind of motivation coming from? I think that's an important question to ask. And there are plenty of counselors and therapists who will walk you through that. A lot of it is so deep rooted in childhood and family and our inherited um, body image issues from our parents or caregivers. It's, it's a deep, deep hole. It's a deep road to go down and therapists and counselors are perfect to talk to about that type of thing. But from a nutritionist perspective, and from somebody who works with people all the time on healthy habits, and, and kind of some of the core foundational things, somebody, when somebody comes to me and says, my goal is to lose weight, of course, I explain to them, well, weight gain is a symptom, is a symptom of something else, what else is going on? And I think I did a whole podcast episode about, about that, of the four kind of big root causes of weight gain or not being able to lose weight. I think this episode probably like within the first five or 10 episodes. Um, So go back and look and listen to that one if that's of interest to you. But I think about it in the form of your symptoms. So if you picture a triangle, you know, a good old three-sided triangle or a pyramid, I guess you could think of, um, the very tip top would be symptoms. So these are things that you're experiencing, things like fatigue, or weight gain, or um, bloating, or digestive issues, or, or whatever. Those are all symptoms. Right underneath that, in that middle kind of chunk of the pyramid, would be your nutrition, right? It's the things that you're eating or not eating enough of. Your nutrition always contributes to symptoms, always. In some way, shape, or form, it always contributes to symptoms. And it could be like a secondary cause of symptoms. It could be like the thing that that starts symptoms to form, but there's always a nutritional component to any symptom. I don't care what it is. There's always something there. There's always a nutrient involved in in some way, could be a response to a food, could be a, um, a need or a deficiency for more of certain nutrients. There's always something food related when it comes to your symptoms. So if you need help figuring that out, message me or, or send me a, an email and I'd be happy to explain that a little bit further. So you got your symptoms and then you got to figure out, okay, what food issue is going on or, or, you know, nutrient issue is, is depleted or what have you. The thing that, that rounds out that whole pyramid, the, the foundational setting that everything else is built off of are your food habits, patterns, and beliefs. Now, you may be wondering like, well, why wouldn't nutrition be the foundational thing? Because your mindset around food is what causes you to make the decisions about what you're eating, which can then lead to clearing up symptoms, or it could lead to exacerbating symptoms or developing new symptoms. So your beliefs around food, do you believe certain things about certain foods, diet culture, especially if you've been around diet culture for decades, has has influenced your beliefs. Because a belief is a thought that you continue to think. So if you were told back in the 90s, that fat is bad, and fat will make you fat and and don't eat fat and all of this stuff, that may have formed into a belief for you. And a lot of people still have that belief, despite my efforts, my best efforts to squash that myth, Uh, please eat some fats for my goodness sakes, your body needs them. Anyways, that might have turned into a belief for you. But a belief is, like I said, it's just a thought you continue to think. So you can replace that with a different thought and a different belief. So if you're so afraid, or afraid is kind of an aggressive word. If you have the belief that fat is bad, and that fat will cause you to increase your weight or what have you, let's look at your symptoms. If you have dry and brittle hair, if you have really dry skin that's flaky, Uh, Bumps on the backs of your arms, if you have uh, hormone imbalances or different things with with hormone related issues, um, acne can also be related to that. Those are all the symptoms, right? And then we take the, the step down and say, well, what nutrients are involved with some of these symptoms? What's the common ground here? Essential fatty acids. Essential fatty acids are necessary for skin, hair, cell development. So if you're not getting them because of that belief of fat being bad, then you're not getting them in the, in the nutritional part of your, your pyramid. And that's causing some symptoms. Okay, so you can kind of see how that's all related. It's easier if I have like a whiteboard and I can draw it out for you, but just visualize. So another symptom, maybe you have, well, let's use the symptom of weight gain. That's a common one. That's one that people tend to come to me first about. So let's say you've experienced some weight gain. What we need to do is walk back through the timeline of when things happen. When did you notice the weight gain? When? What other things were going on in your life during that? Obviously, weight gain has a lot of layers to it, a lot of components, a lot of moving parts that need to kind of all be factored in. Was it a trauma in your life? Was it a super stressful event or time in your life that resulted in being thrown off your routine of exercise, or um, being able to cook at home, or or whatever. When anybody, from what I've seen, when every when anybody has the desire to lose weight, the first thing they do is start to restrict something. So that's a belief, right? You're under the notion that. Weight loss is all about calories in, calories out, and therefore the diet culture has you believing if you simply restrict your calories and move your body more, you'll see weight loss. Now, if anybody has had experience with following a certain calorie-restricted diet plan to the letter and following an exercise program to the letter and still not seeing weight loss you can see how that one is pretty much easy to debunk right there. It's so much more than calories in, calories out. Yes, calories can factor in. Moving your body is important for a number of reasons. Strength, metabolism, all of that is very important with with exercise. But strictly for the notion of calories in, calories out, that's how you're going to lose weight, is not true. You may have experienced, well, yeah, when I started Training regularly, and when I started restricting my calories to 1200, I did see weight loss. You, you may have, you may have saw a little bit. But long term, it's a long term, you're playing the long game. Eventually, your body is going to adjust to that it's going to adjust to your restricted 1200 calorie diet. And it's going to match it in the form of lowering your metabolism. It's thinking, oh, this is all the food that we're going to get. So I might as well lower my functioning and processes to meet that. So we're not we're not getting in a, a deficit. Your body doesn't want to be in a deficit. It's not natural for your body to be in a deficit. Its goal is survival. And survival means balance. And it's it doesn't want to be when you're not eating enough, You're not eating enough of the nutrients you need on a daily basis. You're not eating enough of the calories, the fiber, vitamin A, iron, all of that stuff. Your body needs all that on a daily basis to function properly. If you're not getting that because you're restricting to a minimal amount of food, your body's going to match that then. It's going to say like, oh, well, we don't have enough iron today to make good uh, blood cells. So we're going to become anemic, (laughs) try and keep up with that. And that's going to cause symptoms, you know, so you can kind of see how the beliefs, the nutrients, and the symptoms are all connected. So back, I got off on a tangent, I I do that, I'm sorry, back to the weight gain symptom. You have to look at which nutrients are involved? Are you missing, are you simply not eating enough? Which, spoiler alert, so many women, especially, and men, but so many women especially, have kind of, con- have kind of trained themselves to limit the amount of food that they have. It's almost like a, a badge of honor. When I've talked to some clients, they're like, oh, I went all day, I only had one meal. And I'm like, Lord, eat something, my goodness. You have got to eat. You have got to get the nutrients in. You you need to do that. If you want your body to function properly, you got to give it the building blocks to do it. And that involves eating. It does. You can't just pop supplements and expect your body to thrive. You have got to eat. You've got to eat whole foods regularly throughout the day. And you have to, to do it consistently so your body can adapt and thrive. Anyways, so if the symptom is weight gain, And you take a look at, are you eating enough? Are you getting all the nutrients that you need? Are there certain beliefs or habits that are still contributing to that symptom? So some of these beliefs and habits might be stress eating, that's a response to a stressor. It might be fast eating, which we talked all about. I think it was last week or the the episode before. It's all about fast eating and and why that can be so detrimental to your body. Not even talking about weight gain or anything like that. It's talking about what it's doing to your body and your digestion. Are you a boredom eater? Are you just somebody who's like, I'm bored. I, I just kind of want to do something. I'm, I'm just, I think I'll just eat. Are you a distracted eater, somebody who sits and eats in front of a screen or, or a book, or you know, you're, you're so distracted with what you're doing, that you're not focusing on the fact that you are eating something which can lead into things like fast eating and, and other uh, kind of behaviors, but, um, but that is impactful with your symptom of weight gain. So some of these beliefs, and, and most of uh, a lot of them are just habits that you've picked up along the way. And most of us have at least one. You know, at this point, if you're in your, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, most of us at this point have picked up at least one of those habits for a various number of reasons, whether it's, you know, out of necessity, because you're running from here to there. We're a very rushed society. So you're running from here to there, activity to activity, deadline to deadline, trying to get ahead at work. So you're sitting in front of your computer, eating your lunch and scarfing it down, or maybe you're driving places, whatever the reasoning is, I'm sure it's justified. But if it's causing symptoms you don't want, it's time to stop being the fly in the house banging up against the sliding glass door. It's time to move an inch to the left and fly out the open window. So what that means is, and what every single diet you have tried is missing, is the component of the habits, behaviors, and beliefs. We have to change our habits, behaviors, and beliefs around food. In order for the nutritional component to solidify and in turn lower the symptoms or improve the symptoms. So, how do you do that? How in the world do you change your complete belief and thought patterns around food in order to see some of these symptoms resol- re- re- resolve themselves? Do you consult Google like over a thousand people in that survey do? You could, but Google doesn't seem to know the best avenue for you, but maybe it makes more sense to walk through step-by-step step, first and identifying which of the, the food patterns or habits are most impactful for you. Which ones are they? Maybe you're not a boredom eater, but maybe you're a fast eater. Maybe you're a fast and distracted eater. Maybe you're all of the above and and, and more. You know, it doesn't matter, but you need to identify what the patterns are or what the habits are first, as well as the beliefs that you have tied to them. You need to identify those first. Then you need to replace them with other beliefs and thoughts and patterns. So it sounds easier said than done, but I promise you, you can do this. You absolutely can. Once you solidify and reset that foundation of thoughts patterns, habits, beliefs around food, it makes the nutritional component so much better. And that's exactly what we do that first two weeks in the upcoming E3 program is we identify what habits are holding you back. We identify what your thoughts are around them. Sometimes when we when Mm -hmm. I've done this with people, sometimes they think that is the most ridiculous thought. Why do I even have that? And you know what? It's not a judgment thing. We have the thoughts we have. It, it happens. But focusing on them and and replacing them with the habits and the, or the, the thoughts that you want to have is, it's not just going to magically happen. You have to be intentional with it. So the first couple of weeks, we we focus on just simply identifying the, the most impactful patterns that you have and, and the thoughts behind them that you have. And then we spend the next week or two, relearning your body's cues. Simple things like when you're hungry, when you're full, how to uh, manage some of those feelings, what to do as far as like your diet goes and different patterns that will help kind of balance things out. Uh, And then we talk about replacing those previous habits with new supportive core foundational healthy habits that will lead you to the nutritional improvements that you're wanting to make which will lead you to symptom management or ideally getting rid of some of those or lessening some of those symptoms that you have and it's it's going to be individual of mm-hmm. or, or I should say it's going to be different for everybody because not everyone has the same symptoms not everyone has the same beliefs around food Which is why this group program is going to be kept at kind of a smaller capacity where I can really be hands on with each and every one of you who join so that you can really walk through and get your questions and your specific scenarios and situations addressed and targeted. And and we can come up with some uh, remedies that will help you work through some of those habits and establish those new habits that will lead into healthier nutrition and symptoms management. So again, this program is coming up. It'll be starting in October. The waitlist is open right now and again, I'm only going to uh, I'm only going to have a select number of people in there. But if you feel like, yeah, it's time to stop being the fly against the window. If you feel like I'm tired of dieting. If you feel like I want to just once and for all address this and get this over with. So you can just lead your life and be happy and with who you are and be confident and energized in your health. I'd love for you to join us in the E3 program. So again, it's staggering to me, the number of of diets that people go on and the types of diets that people go on, to be honest. I mean, some of them, I look at them and they're just so ridiculous. I have people all the time ask me, Oh, have you heard about this diet? Have you heard about that one? And lately I've been like, nope, I haven't because they're springing up left and right. And all of them, I shouldn't say all, but most of them are very similar to the one that came before it. It's just one little tiny tweak. And it's like, well, they just called it something else. And now you think you're following like the latest thing. So again, it's, they're not designed to work. And even if they were, each and every one of us has unique characteristics, unique circumstances, a unique history, unique medical things, genetics, all of these things make us so unique that one diet that worked for one person is not guaranteed or even likely to work for you because you have such unique properties and circumstances, it likely won't work. So again, I could go on and on, but I won't about the negative diet culture and how frustrated I get seeing people who have no right to giving out nutritional guidance or guidelines to anybody. They don't have training in it. They don't have degrees in it. They haven't studied it for years and years and years. And they just are spouting out this information based on old beliefs and myths that have been busted time and time again, but that just seem to keep coming around. Uh, So please don't consult Google if you are struggling with your diet or your nutrition or what to do next because nothing has worked and you're having these symptoms, don't consult Google. Don't go to a personal trainer. Come and see a nutrition professional or a medical professional who has training in nutrition specific methods and techniques so that you once and for all get to the root of what is going on with your body and your symptoms. So again, I will get off my soapbox about diets, I'm sure you're tired of it. But uh, this is I'm passionate about this. I'm so tired of seeing people jump on the bandwagon of shake supplement diets and restriction and fasting and all these things where it's like, if you listen to your body, if you got to the root of your symptoms, and you got to the root of some of your beliefs and, and habits and patterns, you'd be so much better off. So anyways, That is all for me this week. I hope this was helpful for you to kind of put things into perspective. But the thing that all of those diets are missing is the fact that nobody is addressing your core beliefs, which may be based on myths to begin with. So again, if you are interested in peeling back the layers on some of your beliefs and some of your uh, food patterns or habits that aren't serving you anymore, and you want to establish new healthy habits, then join us in the E3 program. I will put the link to the waitlist in the show notes. And it's also at foodfactornutrition.com. If you scroll about halfway down the homepage, you'll see the the waitlist there. So I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. Bye.